Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, where winners eat. Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you from the Windy City, Chicago, Illinois, and U.S. Cellular Field. The Indians on their first road trip of the year, first here in Chicago, and then down to St. Pete to take on the Tampa Bay Rays Tuesday through Thursday. Pretty good week gone by for the Indians. Your scoreboard shows that it's Mother Nature 2, the Tribe 2, and the Opposition 1. So it has been that kind of opening week with a postponement on Monday of opening day back home and another postponement on Thursday. And we'll hope to get all three games in in this series here in Chicago this weekend. Coming up on this week's show, at the tail end, we'll hear from Carter Hawkins, the Indians Director of Player Development, a comprehensive review of the Indians farm system heading into the season some of the top prospects at each level of the full season teams that have begun play or at least tried to based on the weather so far this season and uh, we'll hear from Carter a little bit later on in the program we'll also visit with Carlos Santana the Indians designated hitter who's off to a real nice start Zach McAllister Indians relief pitcher who earned the win in Wednesday night's victory over Boston the Indians first win of the season and when we return we will also take a look back at the weekend review a lot going on goofy week and we'll get to it when we come back after this as tribe talk gets rolling on the indians radio network jim rosenhouse back with you on tribe talk we join you from the windy city this weekend chicago illinois where the indians are taking on the white Sox in a three-game series the start of the season, as we take a look back at our week in review, well, some hiccups along the way, more so because of Mother Nature than anything else. 
The opener was supposed to be Monday, no game, too cold, too wet, a mess. So the Indians open the season on Tuesday against the Red Sox, a 6-2 Sox win in the season opener. But the try bounced back on Wednesday to even up the series at one win apiece with a thriller, a seesaw battle at Progressive Field that started with the Tribe on top early thanks to Jason Kipnis. Now the 2-2. Swung on, hit up the alley, deep right center field. It's going to one-hop the wall for extra bases. Ramirez flying around third. He's being waved home. Relay by Pedroia. Not in time. Ramirez scores standing. Kipnis is into second with his first RBI and first hit in 2016. And the Indians kept it rolling in that first inning. Carlos Santana going deep. 3-1 delivery. A swing and a drive to deep center. Away, back, gone. And Carlos Santana with a drive to the right of center has put the tribe on top. Four to nothing. And the Indians have a big first inning off Clay Buckholtz. And a special moment for Tyler Naquin in the second inning. The center fielder, the rookie, in his first major league start, got uh, took care of that first major league hit, got it out of the way quickly. Again, the payoff delivery. A swing and a smash into right field. Major league hit number one for Tyler Naquin. Shot it between first and second into right field. That baseball will go to the Indians' dugout. And that baseball will be in the possession of Tyler Naquin. His mom and dad have been able to come up here for the the debut of their son. And he had a tremendous at-bat. Looked like he got a curveball. Stayed back on it. And Tyler Naquin with a single to right. Also in the second inning, Jose Ramirez extended the Indians' lead. Swung on, line drive, base hit to center. Naquin will try to score. Bradley charges. Bradley up, throwing to the plate. Way up the first baseline. Scoring is Naquin. On his way to second. Beating the throw is Ramirez with a head-first dive. And the Indians have a 5-2 lead. And Jose Ramirez delivers another base hit. He's 2-for-2 this season. In two innings of work. But the Sox would come back to take a lead, only to see the Indians tie it up all in the sixth inning. Then in the seventh, it was Mike Napoli snapping the tie. The 2-2. Swung on, belted, deep left center. Got a chance. Go on to the bleachers. Mike Napoli with his first Cleveland Indians hit. Home run. RBI, 7-6 Tribe in the seventh. And that's what Mike Napoli was brought to Cleveland to do. Get big hits, late in games, provide a presence on the field, in the clubhouse. And he just gave the Indians a huge lift. And in the end, Tribe closer Cody Allen came on with Big Poppy at the plate for the final out. Here's the 3-1. A swing and a long drive to left. Backpedaling Ramirez. Track, wall, jumps, made the catch. Ball game. Well, it wasn't routine. But Jose Ramirez learning how to play left. 
made a heck of a play on another hard hit ball by David Ortiz and the Indians are a winner. And after the game, Allen stopped by to talk about his first save of the season. Cody, I, I know it's just game number one, but does this game feel more important when you're getting that opportunity this early? And it's, oh, yeah, Pedroia, Bogarts, and Ortiz. Yeah, I was uh, I was a little nervous right there. Uh, but, uh, but you know, I, all I tried to do was just get the leadoff guy and work from there, and Jan did a great job, a lot of good fingers tonight. Uh, and guys came up with some clutch hits when we needed them. Cody, over the weekend in Texas, you mentioned it took a little while this spring to get it together, but right at the end you did because you faced some left-handed hitters, but you're facing Ortiz at the end, one of the best. Yeah, uh, I think spring training, you know, can be one of those things where your numbers kind of get skewed a little bit. Uh, I felt like I was working on some things early in camp, and they probably skewed my numbers a little bit, but I felt good all camp. You know, my arm felt good. I felt like my stuff was where it needed to be. Uh, And then throwing in Texas, it was kind of – you know, I, I got to where I needed to be before the season started. So I felt like I was in a good camp as the season started. Uh, and so, you know, we could kind of avoid uh, the mishaps of the early season last year. Well, Cody, you're a fan of the game. You know who you're facing there with the game on the line at David Ortiz, who's he's probably got a Hall of Fame career, and a lot of it's been made just from those kind of opportunities. You're, you're behind in the count three and one. At what point do you say to yourself, eh, I'm not giving him anything to hit? I'll go to the next guy? Or do you simply say, you know what, here it is, see what you can do, big guy? You know what, their lineup, you know, from top to bottom, they, they got some big sticks in their lineup. And, and you know, a spot like that, you know, obviously David can hurt you, uh, and he's made a career out of hitting big homers. But, you know, right there, I, I kind of wanted to just challenge him, and uh, he put a good swing on it. Jose made a great catch. I was, I was just trying to make him use that side of the ballpark. If, if he was going to beat me, I was going to make him try and beat me that way. Uh, and he almost did, but you know, I didn't want to just give in or, uh, you know, walk him. And then, you know, then you have Hanley on deck and they could pinch run there. And, you know, a lot of things could happen. So, uh, you know, we just decided to go at him right there and try and make him beat us to the big part of the ballpark. And how impressed were you with the pitchers who got it to you, Zach McAllister and Brian Shaw out of the pen? I mean, those guys are as steady as ever. You know, they've, they've done a great job for a few years now. Um, Zach's become a pretty big bullpen asset for us and Shaw just – continues to do what he does man the guys as consistent as they come hey cody just thought of this this is your first major league save as an old married man <laughs> it is it is it's my first save as uh as mr allen so uh yeah that'll be a nice one i might have to keep that ball hey great job cody thanks pal thanks guys so the indians were looking for the series win on thursday but again no game bad weather in downtown cleveland they headed out of town to open their road schedule with the White Sox home opener on Friday and a solid victory for the Indians over the White Sox. And again, it started early with two first-inning runs thanks to an odd play. Bases loaded, Carlos Santana at the plate. Swing a little dribbler out in front of the plate. Avila picks it up, barehand grab, looks to home, no place to go, throws it down the right field line. Kipnis has scored, Lindor scores, Napoli around third is stopped. In the second is Santana. Now you know it's his birthday when you hit a ball four feet in front of home plate and you end up at second and the Indians get a couple of runs. And in the bottom of the inning, Danny Salazar gave a preview of what was to come on the mound. He's got some giddy up today on that heater. Now the payoff pitch. Swing and a miss. He strikes out Abreu and gets two in the inning. A terrific start 
for Danny Salazar. In the second inning, the Indians extended their lead. Rajay Davis put himself in the scoring column. Outfield again, not deep. And this is where you get burned, like they did on Ramirez. The pitch swung on, hit high and deep to right center. Jackson racing back, it's over his head. Hits the grass and rolls to the wall. Ramirez scores, Davis hits second. He's on his way to the third base, sliding with a triple. Well, you want to play everybody shallow? You're getting burned. And Rajay Davis hit a triple over the head of center fielder Austin Jackson that didn't even get to the warning track. It landed on the grass. And Rajay Davis can still really motor for a guy that's 35 years old. And so it becomes a triple to right center for Davis. His first extra base hit and RBI is an Indian. And then later on in the ball game, fifth inning, the Indians would strike again. Carlos Santana with another big hit, the 1-1. Swung on, line drive, base hit, center field. That'll score Lindor. Napoli moves up to second, and Santana's hot start continues. The Tribe takes a 6-1 lead. And Jan Gomes would follow. 1-0 on Gomes. Dank sets. Here's his pitch. Swung on and drilled down the left field line. That gets down for a base hit. Up against the wall it goes. Napoli has scored. Into third is Santana. And cruising into second. With an RBI double, Jan Gomes. And the Tribe is now up 7-1. And the Indians were on their way to a 7-1 win. So in a week where Mother Nature won twice, the Indians also won twice, and they take a 2-1 and one record into their game on Saturday against the White Sox in Chicago. Well, stay with us. A big key to the Indians' successful start so far has been the work at the plate of Carlos Santana. He's off to a nice start, and we'll hear from the Indians' designated hitter after this timeout on the Indians' radio network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you from U.S. Cellular Field in Chicago where the Indians are taking on the White Sox this weekend. Big key for any team to get through a season successfully, the work of their bullpen. And right now that bullpen includes Trevor Bauer, who on Friday was outstanding, six up, six down in the seventh and eighth innings with a couple of strikeouts along the way. Earlier this week, Bauer talked for the first time since being told that he would be pitching out of the bullpen at least at the start of this season. Obviously a career starting pitcher, not easy news to take. And that came at the tail end of spring training. And when he met with members of the Cleveland media earlier this week, he talked about how he's handling the decision so far. Trevor, what was it like sitting for eight innings out there to coming in the night? Different, for sure. How do you, how have you adjusted to that so far? I'm not sure. I've really, I really had time to make an adjustment yet. Uh, we're just getting going. How many times did you have to get up? Were you just up at one time? Uh, yeah. They, you know, they called down and told me to get hot. So I got hot. Does last year's experience help you? I, I don't know. I didn't really have a whole lot of experience last year. I only, I only pitched once, so I'm still pretty new to this whole thing. What's the toughest part of it? It's just new. Yeah. That's, uh, 
it's different. You know, same things. Anytime something changes, it's just different. It takes a while to get used to. As far as getting ready, is it something where you kind of have to try a few different things to see what works? Or? Uh, I'm a professional. I you know, like call down, tell me to pitch, and I get up and go out there and pitch. How long does it take you to get warm? Don't know. Uh, I don't know. If I had an answer, I'd tell you, but I don't. I don't know. Uh, like I said, though, I just they asked me to get ready to pitch. I get ready to pitch and I go pitch. Obviously, you've got a passion for the, the game. You wouldn't have gotten to this level. Does it, a change like this, though, you know, make you question baseball as part of your, of your future? Just trying to help the team win. You know, as long as the team wins, then everything's fine and it'll all work out. Have they told you that you're still a starter in their mind, or have they approached that? Or, you know, they just, no, they just asked me to, uh, they told me I was going to the pen, and so I'm just trying to help the team win and be ready for whatever they asked me to do. Like I said earlier, you know, they, they tell me when to go pitch and, and what role I'm going to be, and I go out there and try to do it to the best of my ability. I know you accomplished what you set out to do in spring training, so at that point, was it just, this is out of my control? Yeah, I thought I, I think I had the best spring that I've had, you know, in pro ball. Um, so it's good. I'm in a good spot to start the season. Your name has come up obviously all the time in, in trick talk. Is that something you just try to block out? Not in your control. I haven't heard any of it, so I haven't had to block any of it out until now. <laughs> How does the approach change a little bit in terms of location and mix? I'm just gonna pitch the same way I was. You know, I came into spring training. Uh, I don't know how to say that. I had a certain way of that I was going to go about pitching in spring training and this season, and it worked well in spring. You know, I had a really good spring, got a lot of guys out, so I'm going to continue that, and hopefully uh, it leads to productive innings for the team. How difficult were the conditions to pitch in yesterday? It wasn't too bad, actually. Okay. Yeah, it was... When you're sitting around, it's cold, but once you get going, adrenaline takes over, and it's fun. Do you talk to other guys, kind of the veteran relievers? Do they give you any tips or anything like that? I haven't yet. Coaching-wise, is there anyone that, that you can lean on down there that, that can help you adapt to this and, and make some progress? I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet. Well, I mentioned they still see you as maybe a meaningful number of strikes. Do you still expect to make a number of strikes this season? I don't know. They tell me when to go pitch, and I go pitch, you know. So whenever they decide uh, whatever they decide my role is, and that's that's what I go do. You know, that's uh, the definition of being a professional, right? Do you change I and mean, reduce the number of pitches that you throw as, as a reliever, or are we still? Well, like I told August, I, you know, there's a certain way I was going to pitch coming into spring training, and it worked well, and so I'm going to go with that. That's Trevor Bauer, who uh, was candid in, in a lot of ways about – his thoughts, and again, it's an opportunity here uh, to work on some things in the pen, and uh, he will be back in the rotation at some point, you would think, the way things go over the course of a long season, but very impressive in the ball game on Friday in Chicago. Now, also a member of that Indians bullpen, Zach McAllister pitched very well in earning the Indians' first win of the season in their victory over the Red Sox on Wednesday night. And we had a chance to visit with Zach a day later and talk about some tight spots that he came into. Not necessarily what a reliever likes that first appearance. You wouldn't mind coming in to start a clean inning, but he came on 
with runners on the corners, worked out of the jam with minimal damage, and he said, uh, while not ideal, it was a challenge and something that uh, you take as it comes. Uh, I mean, I think it would have been nice to get in there with a clean ending, like you mentioned, just kind of ease into it a little bit, you could say. But, no, I mean, uh, it's baseball. You have to deal with the different situations, especially out of the bullpen. And uh, for me to get to get the ball in that situation, I was excited about it and felt like I was prepared for it and uh, ready to go out there and uh, try to leave them where they were. And a very difficult part of that lineup, but how much preparation do you do in the pen knowing – where they are in the lineup and how things are developing in the game. I mean, you pay attention to the game when you're out there. You have an idea of what the starters are doing against them and uh, how they're pitching them. But at the same time, you also have to know the stuff that you have might not be the same as the starters. So you have to know uh, what feels good that day and trust what you have. And uh, before we get out there, JB does a great job with letting us know where they're in the lineup and how we can attack certain guys. And uh, he did a great job with mentioning that Sandoval might, might maybe pinch hit, even though he did it the inning later. But I uh, already had an idea of how to attack him just from him saying, hey, heads up, that might happen, so don't be surprised by it. Cody Allen mentioned when, when he came in, he, he was a little nervous last night yeah. just because of the way the game was going. Same for you? Uh, I mean, I think it's that first one's all, always nervous. I think it's more excitement probably than anything. But I think anytime you're able to get strike one out of the, out of the gate, that uh, – kind of relaxed you and I know I wasn't able to do that but I know Cody did that and I'm sure once he was able to get that strike one it's just kind of puts you at ease a little bit knowing that uh, all right you got a good rhythm right right there and uh, just kind of stay within in yourself. Zach McAllister joining us got the win last night in relief and uh, Zach you look at your spring and it probably wasn't as normal as you would like it to be explain what what happened early and how late it was before you really felt your stuff was ready for the regular season. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I uh, felt great coming in the spring training, good workouts that I had in the winter, and then uh, first outing felt, felt great. I was able to go two innings and kind of get stretched out, and that was kind of the plan for spring was kind of get stretched out as a starter and then uh, see what happened later on in spring and uh, decisions were made. But after that first outing, just got uh, really sick and uh, ended up having the flu and maybe a few other little things in there where – I just really wasn't able to shake it and lost some weight. And uh, I really didn't feel like I had my energy back and uh, my strength and still working on my strength right now. But really that last, probably the last couple outings in spring would take that one in Texas and the one before that where I was kind of like, all right, this is back to where I kind of need, need to be. And when you look at, at your role in the pen, it's kind of developed here over the last year where you're, you're getting those meaningful uh, innings and, and situations. And is, is it becoming enjoyable for you out there as you grow into it? I think anytime you're able to get the ball in key situations and uh, when the game really matters and it's on the line, it's always, as a competitor, that's what you want. And I think that uh, being able to be in those situations, for me, definitely makes it enjoyable out there. And uh, I think, again, that's anybody that's competitive. You want the ball in those situations because you believe you can get them out. And team-wise, a, a win and a back-and-forth game, and I know any win is nice, but last night a little, a little bit nicer the way it went. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think uh, for Knapp to get his first hit and a home run and RBI and uh, put us ahead or, was great. I think uh, that's exciting, and uh, it's just uh, it's fun to get that first one out of the way and hopefully many more to come. All right, Zach, thanks. Thank you. That's Zach McAllister, Indians relief pitcher, following his first victory of the season, the Indians' first win back on Wednesday night against the Red Sox. Stay with us. We'll have more to come as Tribe Talk continues from Chicago after this on the Indians Radio Network.
Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from U.S. Cellular Field in Chicago. The Indians taking on the White Sox in a three-game weekend series, their first road swing of the season that continues against Tampa Bay down in St. Pete next week. Well, off to a nice start at the plate and really looking to put together that breakthrough season. Uh, And that's probably odd to say because he led the team in home runs and RBIs last year. But Carlos Santana trying to take it to another level if he can. And he feels great, had an outstanding offseason, and he explains why he's optimistic about the season ahead. Yeah, I mean, everything different this year, um, this offseason. So, I mean, um, I will stay here, like, work out, working hard. And, uh, I mean, like, try to prepare my body, especially my back. It's like, this is me last year, and this is what I'm working hard. And Noticeable difference uh, early this season, at least. Yeah, I feel different. I, I feel different, especially like this year in the speed training. I'm doing um, very good routine, um, um, for nutrition, for working, um, everything. Um, um, little bit, little bit working hard, like different. And you look at last season. You led the team in home runs and runs driven in. Another good walk season for you. Uh, how much better do you think you can do, just feeling better, uh, based on on a decent season a year ago? I mean, um, I mean, especially like last year, what do you say, like, little home run, little LVI walk, I mean, this in the past. So this year, um, this new year, I'm taking more experience. Um, um, I know how some I play. I know what kind of play we are. Like, I mean... <clears throat> I mean, everything is different, positive. This is what I'm worried about now. Carlos Santana joining us, and uh, you're in a lineup, uh, at least first couple of games you've been hitting behind Mike Napoli, and uh, it seems like that's a, a nice middle of the order right there. And, and do you like that spot where, where you're hitting now and, and getting good pitches to hit? I mean, this is a matter. This is a matter. So whatever Tito put him in the lineup, this is a matter for me. If you don't play every day, this is a little worry. So, I mean, this is a matter if I'm hitting five and four, lead off, what I'm making doing in couple games and the speech training. So, this doesn't bother me. I mean, if he am something, something help to my team, this is a little worry. You look at the lineup, and it seems like there's a little more thump and, and more coming once Michael Brantley gets back. But are you excited about what? this lineup could produce on a regular basis? I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited. Michael, he come, he coming soon. Um, you know, the lineup is looking better. I know Bradley is in great hitting. I mean, if if he come back, the lineup will look better. And and we, and, you know, we have a lot of competition, especially like division. So Michael Bradley, he coming. I'm, be, I'm more excited. It's the best hitting in the league and, and, and that team. So I'm excited, and the line now is very well. At least early in the season, you're seeing your time at designated hitter. I know there'll be some first base, too. Uh, what do you need to do to, to have success as a DH? Because I know sometimes that can be difficult for a hitter. I mean, he's hard for me, especially I'm a younger player. But I don't think about that too much. And I try to be ready every day. Doesn't matter if I play first base or DH. If he'll help to my team, 
think I know Tito, he put in the best defense, all I know, whatever. So, I mean, he's hard, but we try. We try. I know, I know, and everybody know, I don't like, like, play too much I DH, but we see, we see. I'm, we see and see what happened, uh, and, uh, and I'm ready, and I'm ready, um, whatever he need me, and I'll try to play hard and 100%. The season opening series with Boston, David Ortiz was in town. And I know he means a lot to you, and this is his final season. Uh, what does that mean to you, uh, seeing him go around the league for the last time? I mean, he's great. He's great. Big Papi, he's great hitting. I love him. Um, I'm following him a lot. I like what kind of personality inside, outside, in the stadium. <clears throat> I mean, I talk to a lot all the time, so... He told me all the time, like, uh, like, keep it going, and I have like good ability for Alistair player. And he he told me with another day, like, he follow me how, how, or what kind of play where they are. So, I mean, he told me a lot, and he comforting. He give me good energy, be positive. Everything something positive. He told me about that. So. Uh, we have good relation, me and him. So, you know, we keep it up. I, I keep it up because all the time when he talked to me, he helped me a lot. Well, it's been a nice start to the season, Carlos. Thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's Carlos Santana, the Indians' designated hitter, and at times he'll be the first baseman as well, talking about preparations for this season, and he's off to a real nice start at the plate. Stay with us. We'll have more as Tribe Talk continues after this timeout on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back. It's our final segment of Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse with you from Chicago this weekend, our first road edition of Tribe Talk, and the Indians playing some uh, good baseball in their last two games. They've only played three so far, but defeated the White Sox yesterday 7-1 to one in the opener of this three-game series. We finish up with our weekly farm report and our visit with Carter Hawkins, the Indians Director of Player Development. The complete rundown here on Tribe Talk of the Indians' full-season minor league teams. Some names to watch as the minor league seasons have begun. We caught up with Carter right at the end of spring training, a busy time when rosters were being set, and he says it uh, can really be a tense time but very important time for the Indians' farm system. Yeah, Rosie, I mean, it's just meetings and then meetings to set up those meetings. So, um, you know, obviously a lot of discussion you know, throughout camp, a lot of hurry up and wait, you know, as we wait for our major league team to, to set their rosters and then figure out, you know, where we go in Columbus and Akron and Lynchburg, et cetera, after that. But um, definitely an exciting time. You know, everyone's looking forward to the season, but also trying to maximize the, the last week we have here in spring training so that, you know, we don't just focus only on the season, but also focus on getting better every day. When you look at, at the short period of time, really, that these minor league players are here in, in Goodyear and in camp, a real challenge because of, of not a whole lot of spring training games to evaluate those players? Yeah, I mean, these guys are coming in, you know, anywhere from March 1st to, to March 10th. And, you know, you compare that to the major leaguers that are coming in here, you know, on Valentine's Day, and there's a little bit less time. I think what these players do a great job of is preparing themselves physically so there's not any 
you know, real build-up time. You know, they're coming in with the, you know, with, with their feet on the ground and, and really, uh, you know, looking to, to compete right out of the gate. So certainly some challenges from a time standpoint, but our guys put themselves in a great position and our coaches really understand where they're at and uh, hopefully we make some good decisions based upon that. We'll start with Columbus as we take a look at the different ball clubs. Chris Tremme, the manager there once again, and he's had some good clubs, done a nice job moving players through. And we'll start with that starting pitching, and obviously with some of the depth at the major league level, it looks really good at AAA as well, led by Mike Clevenger. Yeah, Mike obviously um, had those two starts in the playoffs last year, kind of came onto the scene uh, over the course of the end of the year last year, was a guy that we got in the trade for Vinny Pastano with the Angels. Um, had a solid year in Akron um, last year, and then really towards you know, that last month, velocity started to increase, the stuff started to increase, the consistency started to increase. Obviously, was put on the roster this offseason and certainly showed really well in his short time in Major League Spring Training this year. So excited to see him um, you know, just make that next step and continue to progress towards a uh, potential Major League opportunity here down the line. And we had a chance to see him in, in Major League Camp, as you mentioned. Uh, was he able to continue along that path when he was sent over to the minor league side? He really has been. You know, one thing with Mike is that he's, you know, 110% all the time. You know, he's never going to throttle down. So, you know, we have to almost artificially throttle him down a little bit to make sure that he's correctly building himself up, correctly preparing for the season. So, um, you know, we didn't have him going out throwing seven innings, trying to make sure he wasn't trying to throw 110. Um, but, you know, when he you know put his toe on the rubber, he was he was competing and, um, everything he's done in minor league camp has mirrored some of the success he had in major league camp. I know you like to have some depth in that rotation, some veterans in there too. Seems like a real nice mix in that rotation at Columbus. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the depth of our starting pitching certainly is a strength. Um, that said, you can never have enough. You know, and we'll continue to you know can try to add to that depth. But you know, if you look at a guy like Mike, is a you know on the younger side, you have guys like you know Jared Groob and, and Toru Murata, who last year were. Know, elite pitchers in the International League, you know, maybe not at the top of the Baseball America prospect list, but certainly guys that are on our radar, um, you know, for a major league opportunity if needed. And Toru obviously, you know, had that opportunity from one start last year. So, you know, we have that. And then you have a guy like TJ House who, you know, certainly has, you know, had a lot of opportunity at the major league level and some at the AAA level as well. And, you know, when you get that good mix of guys that, you know, are really pining for their first taste of the major leagues, guys that have that experience and, and are, are ready to, to fill in whenever needed, you know, and then some guys that, you know, really understand their role organizationally are ready to, to fill in for any spot. Um, it, it's a healthy uh, type of rotation and one that, that Trim and, and that Columbus staff are pretty excited about. On the position player front, Gio Gonzalez is going to open the year at AAA Columbus as the third baseman. My goodness, what has spring training he had in big league camp. Uh, how do you make sure that he has that right frame of mind to go down and, and get the job done at Columbus so he can get back to the major leagues as quickly as possible? You know, one thing that, that Gio did this offseason was, was really, you know, focus on his body, was really to focus on the process to get him to be the type of player, especially offensively, that, that he wants to be, you know, consistently at the major league level. The defense has, has, has been a hallmark for him, and it was, you know, at the major league level. You know, when we signed Uribe, Tito had a conversation with, with Gio, and, and, and Gio was very uh, understanding of the situation. You know, it was a veteran guy and, you know, was filling a spot for one year. And, you know, we absolutely have plans for Rochelle to be a, a guy that's you know, a cornerstone for organization for a long time. But he still needs some, you know, some development. There's still things that he's focused on, especially on the offensive side. And he understands that. And we have all the confidence in the world that, you know, Chris Tremme and Rubles Odor and that Columbus staff can provide an environment 
um, for him to not only you know get better every day, but also be ready to fill in if and when that opportunity comes back up in Cleveland. Carter Hawkins joining us, Indians Director of Player Development, and uh, the roster's coming together at AA. Dave Wallace once again managing that ball club at Akron. And when you look at, at the Rubber Ducks outfield, I'm sure is going to be a, a spot everyone's looking at. Bradley Zimmer, Clint Frazier, two of the top outfielders in the system, and how have their springs gone as they've come into camp seemingly uh, bigger and stronger for another season? Yeah, I was, I was talking to one of our coaches the other day just about you know, watching spring training games, and, and you know a, a guy has the potential to be an impact major leaguer when you just get excited when you watch his minor league spring training at bats. And, and I think you can say the same thing. You can say that about Clint Frazier and Brad Zimmer. You know, both of those guys, when they step into the box, you know, everybody's head's turning, you know, to see what they're going to do. And, um, you know, both of them have, have really stayed within themselves in terms of, you know, not getting ahead of themselves, even with all the fanfare, even with all the, you know, Baseball America external rankings, MLB.com external rankings. But um, to have both of those guys, you know, really sharpening each other, really pushing each other on the same team again to start the year is, is a pretty, pretty an exciting prospect for us. But, you know, obviously Brad, um, you know, kind of a tooled out uh, outfielder that can play center field, can play right field, can steal bases, hit for power, hit for average. Um, and Clint's right there as well. And Clint might have you know, some of the best bat speed in, in minor league baseball and continues to refine his approach and continues to improve his defense. So um, it should be a pretty exciting time for, for Akron. And I know Dave Wallace is excited to pencil those guys into their lineup every day. And uh, still some pretty good pitching as you get deeper into the system. I know starting-wise, uh, we saw both these guys, Adam Plutko and Sean Morimundo, in, in big league camp for a while. And uh, what do you look for from them as they try and make that next step now? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing. You look at some of those guys that, that absolutely um, deserve or are able to handle a spot in AAA, but you know, just from an organizational standpoint, we want to maintain as much starting pitching depth as we possibly can, and you know, that leads to some decisions to have some guys be at that level below. And um, That said, that doesn't mean they're not on the radar you know, for a major league opportunity. Guys go from AA all the way up to the big leagues you know, very often you know, in this game, and, and those are two guys, you know, Sean being on the, the major league roster already, Adam, you know, definitely being on that on that radar and, and definitely being close to, to that opportunity. You know, both of those guys are guys that, that Tito and Mickey Calloway are watching pretty closely every time they, they get on the bump. So, um, you know, both mature pitchers, both guys that, you know, really know how to, to handle their craft and, you know, both guys that, you know, we could see in an Indians uniform here sooner than later. Excited to get games going after a winter of strength programs and conditioning and mental skills, all that to, to really see what it means on the field now. Absolutely. I mean, we, we, we love our jobs and we love our jobs in the off season, but there's nothing like, you know, opening day and there's nothing like seeing these guys uh, bear the fruits of their labor. And, and we're really looking forward to some warm days here in Ohio coming up soon. All right, Carter. Thank you. Rosie, always a pleasure. That's the Indians director of player development, Carter Hawkins, with a complete update on the Indians farm system heading into this 2016 season. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Great to have you with us this weekend from Chicago. We'll join you next week back home at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. We've got a future. We're headed to the top. We're on the warpath. It's spreading far and wide. We're talking baseball. Talking truck. You're talking
You've been listening to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, making it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Brought to you by Subway, where winners eat.